Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, June 8th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on the Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, it is, I mean, it is the smack dab middle of Tony Week, and it is getting bonkers. We had so much news <laughs> happen on Tuesday. We thought we're going to do predictions on every episode nope. this week. We did them last fall because um, obviously that was a different thing, but it was slow and everything. So much news on Tuesday. We're still going to do our predictions for the best uh, performer in a leading category um, coming up here in a second. But we do have a bunch of news to get into. But before we dive into that, I wanted to let you all know that Broadway Radio's longtime friend, uh, Tony nominee Lindsey Jones, uh, and his uh, collaborator party will be having their 2022 official Tony Night Extravaganza coming up, obviously, this Sunday, June 12th from 7 to 11 p.m. We will have information on how you can uh, be a part of that. Uh, Lindsay's been on Broadway Radio before talking about the collaborator party. It is, uh, It was kind of born, Lindsay, if you don't know, is a sound designer and somebody who's also written original music for uh, Slave Play. And when the Tonys stopped awarding sound design um, awards, um, him and along with a bunch of other collaborators came up with a collaborator party, and that's how they kind of celebrated Tony Night when they weren't actually officially a part of it. But they do still continue to have these Tony Night celebrations. So we will have links in the show notes to how you can get all of the information about that. We will be having a ton of other stuff going on over the weekend. We will be having a Tony special episode coming up in the podcast feed on Saturday morning. So make sure that you subscribe to Patreon at patreon.com slash Broadway Radio so you can get that before everybody else. All right, Grace, let's get into the news first because there was a bunch of it. And let's start off with something actually coming to Broadway before we get to the multiple things that are leaving the Broadway. Um, as has long been rumored, and we've talked about it based off of a equity casting notice that went up earlier this year. But yesterday was officially confirmed that Tom Stoppard's new play, Leopoldstadt, will be coming to Broadway this fall. Here's what's interesting to me about this. It is produced by Sonia Friedman Productions, along with Roy Furman and Lauren Michaels. This is not a Lauren Michaels type show that I would have expected. But nonetheless, it will begin performances at the Long Acre Theater on September 14th with an opening night scheduled for the second. It will be a limited run. Casting is going to be announced at a later date, but I do know that auditions and offers have already gone out because somebody that I know uh, pretty well was in the running for a part, but mm -hmm. officially did not book it. Um this is a show that originally opened in the West End in January of 2020 and then obviously had to shut down before it won the Olivier Award for Best New Play later that year. It did have a return in, uh, engagement in the West End for 12 weeks in 2021. Patrick Marber, who did direct both London versions, will be helming the production on Broadway. Next up, let's talk about the sadder things that we learned on Tuesday. And not one, but two fairly long-running Broadway shows have announced their closing. Let's start with the one closing up shop in August, mm -hmm. and that is Tina, the Tina Turner musical, who announced that it will be playing its final Broadway performance at the Lundfontein Theater on August 14th. This show, to me, and we've talked about this when we've discussed grosses here recently, Grace, it's had a fairly up and down run, although it has been steadily climbing in terms of the box office since... 
I don't know, mid-March, um, since the end of, of maybe spring break season, when it seems like more bridge and tunnel folks were willing to come back into town. Um, what's interesting about this, this timing is not a coincidence. The show will close on August 14th on Broadway before it begins a 30-city national tour on September 14th in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, a lot of times you see these closings on Broadway timed with the openings of tours so that they can just kind of transfer either sets, costumes, and sometimes cast members from one production to the other so they don't have money, um, extra money spent on the touring productions when the Broadway show is going to close anyway. So this one, I feel like, is one of those shows that had the pandemic not happened, it very well might have run this long anyway, but the pandemic certainly got in the middle of this run and caused a lot of headaches for a production that I think probably would have made a lot more money and probably recouped and, and made much more of a profit had the pandemic not interrupted that run. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's the thing is like it, it's always a challenge and it's always heartbreaking because, you know, it doesn't just affect the people on stage. It's like there's a hundred factors, but I highly encourage you if you are in a city where that tour is coming that you're going to want to see mm -hmm. that tour. I know things and I know I know things and I'm just saying you're going to want to see it. You know things now. Many beautiful things that you've never known before. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you can share some things after we stop yeah. uh, recording. Uh, anyway, um, speaking of something that I know you know, but is also public, so you can mention it here in a second. Yeah. But uh, yesterday as well, Dear Evan Hansen announced that it will also play its final mm -hmm. performance on Broadway, closing up at the Music Box Theater on uh, Sunday, September 18th. At closing, it will have played 1,678 regular performances and 21 previews, making it exactly the 50th longest running Broadway show in history. This tour has obviously already been out on the road, but mm -hmm. another person, uh, another um, thing that you know that I mentioned is uh, you have a friend that's going to be leading that tour. Yeah, all of a sudden, because I, I kept noticing like Anthony, Anthony Norman is who is um, taking over the role on tour, kept saying like, yeah, he's going to have to new, find a new foster home for his dog and he's going to be out for a year. And he was being so cryptic. And I was like, dude, just like tell me what you're doing. Like, <laughs> you know, um, but I was so excited to see this announcement. So if you are, again, in a city and you haven't seen Dear Evan Hansen or you want to see it again, um, that it, that tour is going to be phenomenal. And I'm, again, sad to see another longstanding show close. But as, as the internet has said, we'll always have the movie. <laughs> I think it's been, what, now almost six years since the show originally opened. If, you know, if you don't want to stick to Ben Platt in the movie, maybe Ben Platt can come back and close the show as uh, Connor and Zoe's dad. I mean, he can do anything that he could kill any role can. in that show. Honestly, I would love to hear him sing Requiem. Yeah, I love Requiem. It's probably one of my, if not my favorite song, one of my two favorite songs in the show. Um, it is interesting to note that Zachary Noah Pizer, who is currently playing Evan, is slated to be with the show through August 7th. That means there's a, about a five, six week period where we don't exactly know who the closing Evan is going to be. Uh, don't know who that is going to be, but it does look like. Either Zachary will be extended through the end of the run or they're going to bring in somebody else. And if they do bring in somebody else, I would imagine it would be somebody. I guess it doesn't have to be, but I, I would not be surprised if it is somebody fairly notable. You know, I'm not saying that Ben would come back and do it, but maybe Jordan Fisher comes in because his run was a little wonky. Maybe somebody else who's done it in the past. Uh, who knows? But we will see. And of course, we know Gatton Matarazzo is going to be joining the show this fall mm -hmm. for, I guess, not nearly as long as he probably originally intended. But nonetheless, here we are. 
All right. The last thing here in this section, Grace, I want to mention on his podcast, which my mother loves. Do you listen to you're laughing? Is this a mom podcast? I've never listened to, to it. To what? <laughs> oh, OK. What Sorry. You don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry. The the Smartless podcast, which is co-hosted by Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes. Are you familiar with this podcast? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. My mom loves this show. I've never listened. I don't listen to a lot of interview podcasts, to be quite honest yeah. with you. But anyway, on the most recent episode of the show, which probably has been in the, you know, they probably recorded it a few weeks ago, but uh, Jason Bateman at, congratulated Sean on the run of his show, Goodnight Oscar, which ran at Chicago's Goodman Theater. Um, and he kind of asked, he said, uh, do we yet uh, do we know yet if we are traveling with this huge success and Sean Hayes said yes we are traveling to the Broadway now this is something that we have discussed the potential of before and I talked with one of the show's co-stars Trammell Tillman about the potential of this on an episode of this week in theater no surprise that a show that is led and executive produced by Sean Hayes also features the great Emily Burgle Ben Rappaport Ethan Slater Trammell Tillman and more will have eyes on coming to Broadway whether all of those people are available to transfer with it is yet to be determined. Trammell Tillman will probably have to start shooting a second season of Severance at some point soon. Ethan Slater, I don't know that if he needs to go to a kingdom far, mm-hmm. far away anytime mm-hmm. soon or not. Yeah. But um, if this does come to Broadway, I hope as many of the uh, cast that did the show in Chicago will be able to return to it and fit it into their schedules. But if not, I'm very excited about this and very excited to see Trammell Tillman, who I'm a big fan of from Severance. Yeah, I'm excited. I think uh, just so you know, I don't I'm not trying to like leak anything, but there's a lot in the mix. So you're right. There's a lot to juggle mm-hmm. because everything is trying to come. Like, I feel like every yeah. every announcement or just honestly, everyone and their mom is basically saying, hey, we're, we're coming to Broadway. And I'm like, that's not how that works. Um, so it just depends. I mean, but that's how it's always. Yeah. Yes, worked. Yes. Everyone just announces things and says it, and then like some I'm of them coming to Broadway and some as of them well. Fade away. And and yeah, yes. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. I mean, I am. I've yeah, got I tickets, <laughs> so uh, I've got tickets to stay into the woods. I'm coming to Broadway. Um, but anyway, so all right. Speaking of coming to Broadway, let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor for this week, Today Ticks. As you know, I'm coming to the Broadway. I have my Into the Woods tickets. I have my uh, To Free a Mockingbird tickets. Uh, I feel like I very well might have been the first person to buy a ticket to that because I... You actually were. (laughs) I I feel like I was. I got the email from She NYC and I jumped on it. But what's great about the fact that I have a bunch of open things and I've seen so many things recently since I've already been to New York three times this year. A lot of the stuff that's out there that I have to see... I've already mm-hmm. seen. So I'm taking some time to kind of explore other options. And the best way to do that is with Today Ticks. They have so many great shows at amazing prices. And it's not just theater. They've got comedy. They've got cabaret. They've got dance. They've got everything. And it's so easy to use. Today Ticks is your one-stop shop for theater tickets with the best value. All you have to do is either download the app or visit todayticks.com and you will find I mean, literally probably dozens of shows that you want to see, but depending on your spreadsheet and your calendar, you can fill that thing up with shows from Today Takes. And it's super easy. With the Today Takes app, you can check out in 30 seconds or less. Yeah, that's what I really like about it, right? You have so much flexibility. Let's say that you're in the city and you're like, you know what? I've got a free night. Let me go see a show. You can literally, I'm not even kidding you. I have the app open on my phone, which is very easy to just click on, by the way. And I can get a ticket right now for $32 to see POTUS on Broadway. That 
That. That's not standing room 76 trombones, people. That is 32 to hold doll hairs to see POTUS on Broadway. Support women. Uh, but you can also get tickets months in advance or even day of if you're feeling spontaneous, like I was just saying. So Today Hooks gives you access to exclusive pre-sales, limited time offers, digital lottery programs, which, as you, as I said last week, I, every single day, I fired it up, entered the lottery for how I learned to drive. Did I lose every time? Yes. But did I appreciate that they had a lottery? I did as well. Uh, you can get programs with sold-out shows and day of discounted tickets. Today Ticks isn't just for Broadway and London's West End. You can find tickets in cities all across the country and around the world, including Chicago, L.A., D.C., San Francisco, Sydney, and more. So see that show that you've always wanted to see or discover something new that you'll love just as much for even less. Go to todaytix.com slash Broadway and use promo code Broadway to get $10 off your first Today Ticks purchase. That's right. You can use promo code Broadway at T-O-D-A-Y-T-I-X dot com slash Broadway for an additional $10 off your first ticket purchase. One more time in case you needed to get a pen and paper to write this down. Todaytix.com slash Broadway. All right, Grace, let's get into these Tony Award predictions. And we're going to be going through the four best performance by a leading actor or actress categories. Um, and these will be interesting. I think that there's some some fun things to discuss in here. Let's start first with the best performance by an actor in a leading role in a play. The nominees are Simon Russell Beale for the Lehman Trilogy, Adam Godley for the Lehman Trilogy, Adrian Lester for the Lehman Trilogy, David Morse for How I Learned to Drive, mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell for American Buffalo, Ruben Santiago Hudson for Lackawanna Blues, and David Threlfall for Hangman. Um, I know you don't want to do who you want to win because right. you are somebody in the industry, so better <laughs> that you don't do that. I am somebody that no one gives two poops about, so I'm going to say what I want to win and what I think will win. Yeah. But Grace, why don't you go first? Tell me what you think will win in this category. I think the marketing has been really strong across the board for the Lehman Trilogy's uh, Tony campaign. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I think that uh, the people that are voting seemed to, uh, that, that demographic of people seem to gravitate towards that piece a lot. So I think that um, one of those actors might take it, all three of them, like s- someone in that group. My other caveat, though, is that this could be something Ashley talked about yesterday with um, mm-hmm. uh, the what's the baseball show? Take me out. Um, yeah. That's what, you know, I was just like, what's it? It's, um, uh, you know, uh, whatever Lola wants, it's Lola gets, it. it's take me out. Um, Different Broadway show. I, I know, but baseball's baseball. Uh, I think that for this one, though, they might cancel each other out. And then I think that um, Sam Rockwell might take American Buffalo. Those are both shows that I did not physically see in person. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I worked on the Lehman Trilogy album, so that's why I was able to see it a different way. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, it, it's just funny to me because those two campaigns, I believe, were the strongest. So I think that that's how it will land. Um, I just saw David Morse last week, and that was a phenomenal performance. And Ruben Santiago Hudson's performance was also pretty incredible. So um, mm-hmm. I, I could see those performances being honored. But I think that the campaign's stronger for the other two. Yeah, I, I think that Simon Russell Beale will win for the oh, Lehman yeah. Trilogy. Um, one, because he's already won for the Outer Critics Circle. Um, and without the drama desks, which normally happen the Sunday before the Tonys, and because that's been an absolute poop show uh, with the drama desks and there you know, some things going on behind the scenes because of a large organization no longer participating. Um, we don't have that point of reference. But I do think that they'll win. I, I am not the biggest believer in things canceling each other mm. out. Um, just because I think like generally there is stuff that, um, there's usually somebody who rises to the top and I feel like Simon Russell Beale is that he's also a legend in the industry. But may I remind um, you of the Book of Mormon Tony Awards in which Norbert Leo Butts took for Catch Me If You Can, Canceling Out, 
the two leads of Book of Mormon. So I'm just saying, I've seen it happen before and I'll see it happen again. It can, no, it definitely can happen, but I don't think that it's necessarily like, oh, there's multiple people. So clearly none of them oh, are going to yeah, win. Yeah, I, I, I think, I, I don't think that's actually how it normally works. Personally, I would like to see David Morris win. I didn't see How I Learned to Drive because I didn't need that in my life. But um, <laughs> I feel like he's somebody who deserves a Tony. You know, he's somebody who I would very much be happy with uh, getting a Tony. I thought Ruben Santiago Hudson was incredible as well. I saw Hangman, but David Threlfall was out. So I don't have necessarily a a great thought on on his performance. But I do think that that character is a role that that very well could win a Tony. But I feel like it's going to be Beale. Right. Moving on to best performance by an actress in a leading role in a play. Gabby Beans for The Skin of Our Teeth. Lashans for Trouble in Mind. Ruth Nega for Macbeth. Uh, Deidre O'Connell for Dana H. And Mary Louise Parker for How I Learned to Drive. Um, I will go for here on what I want. I want LaShawn's to win for Trouble in Mind. One, it is her first play on Broadway after she's done multiple musicals and she's a you know, musical theater legend. I thought she was brilliant in this show. Um, and I feel like this show was completely uh, kind of forgotten about by the time we got to awards season because it was a fall show. I would love for her to win. I think Mary Louise Parker is going to win, but I don't feel as secure in that no. prediction as I did maybe two months ago. At this point, it feels like it's a fairly open race. Um, and I could see, I actually could see LaShawn's winning. I kind of feel like LaShawn's might be the 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 horse coming down the stretch to pull into the lead. But I'll stick with Mary Louise Parker because she is a Broadway darling. So who do you think will win in this category? I Grace? think you're right. I think that LaShawn's will win. For this category, oh, great. and I, uh, however, I will. You know, I hate. I know I talked about how I wasn't going to be biased and be like, "This is who I want to win." I'm not saying that. I will say that Gabby Bean's performance, Deidre O'Connell's performance, mm-hmm. and Mary Louise Parker's performance were absolute. I didn't see Ruth, so that's why I'm not commenting. But um, they were outstanding performances, and I would be thrilled for any one of those women to win, especially Deidre O'Connell. Um, I, I am still thinking about that. And I think it was one of the best, if not like the best performance of the year for me. Um, and so I, I hate that. I, I know I said, said that I wasn't going to say that, but um, it, it just, um, it, cha- it, cha- it changed my perception of like what can be done by an actor on a stage just by sitting. It was, it was so phenomenal. I could, ugh, we don't have time. I, I could talk forever, no. but I think LaShawn's, I think that she's yeah. going to take that. All right, moving on to best performance by an actor in a leading role in a musical. Billy Crystal for Mr. Saturday Night, Miles Frost for MJ, Hugh Jackman for The Music Man, Rob McClure for Mrs. Doubtfire, Jaquel Spivey for A Strange Loop. Grace, what say you? I think that Jaquel will win. I think that um, it's it's his for the taking or Miles Frost could be a close second. I believe that those two are in the running strongly. Uh, but I feel like Miles was out a lot because of COVID. That's not to like, <laughs> that is not me blaming this actor. And injury. Uh, but that's. Yeah, and he had some injuries yeah, as well. but that's only to say that, like, I know that he was not as uh, present on stage as often as, you know, other actors, even though, like, Jockwell was, has been out a little bit. So I just want to – I know that Tony voters, like, can't not see the person that they're voting on, um, but I just yeah. wonder if that's a factor in that. So that's that's where my head is. Yeah, I would like to see Jaquel win just because I thought – as I've talked about the performance. Um, that show missed me in some places. Um, but I thought his performance was absolutely incredible. Here's the thing, though. I don't think he's going to win. Oh. I hate to say it. I think Hugh Jackman's going to win. No. 
Are you serious? I, I don't think the campaign has been there I the do. same way. That's not me. This is, again, not commenting on like the actor's like portrayal of anything. I just don't think that the campaign has been as strong for that. I, you you would know the campaigns better than I would. I, I just think that... I'm just constantly watching, and I just don't think... I think that based on, first of all, the reviews were not strong for that performance. So the fact that he Correct. started with lackluster reviews in the season did not help the i mean i had a i saw a lot of people surprised and and also like happy for this person i'm not like wishing it on Hugh Jackman who is incredible but like um a lot of people were surprised he was even nominated in the category uh, based on those reviews so that's why i don't i do not see that being a win if it would it would shock me and i apologize in advance for being wrong but um again no ill will and um i i really enjoyed him he's so charismatic but uh yeah i i think that the insular bubble in the very New York progressive theater community has a lot more faith and love for a strange loop than the larger theater community does. It's the same thing we talk about in terms of nominating committees versus general voting bodies, not just for the Tonys, but for a lot of awards and not even just theater awards. Um, I feel like a strange loop, which has been the predestined winner in a lot of categories it might not be the runaway smash that we think it is. It might be because we've seen so much in the past decade, a decade and a half of the more artistic, smaller shows being the winners. And I normally side with that. And I will still pick a strange loop to win the Tony for best musical, but I don't know that it's going to be the across the board winner that I probably thought it was a few weeks ago, just based off of, the things I've seen, the things I've heard, and and I, I would not be surprised if this is a, is a situation where the biggest name on Broadway, um, the biggest name in theater, isn't awarded in a role that he probably doesn't deserve it for. But we will see. Uh, all right, last up, best performance by an actress in a leading role in a musical: Sharon D. Clark for Carolina Change, Carmen Cusack for Flying Over Sunset, Sutton Foster for The Music Man, uh, Jakina Kalakongo for Paradise Square, and Mar Winningham for Girl from the North Country. Uh, I feel like we're probably on the same boat here, mm-hmm. Grace, but what do you think? I think I think we probably are, and I think that Jakina is going to take this uh, win for Paradise Square. I think that, that that campaign seems to to be really, really working. Her performance is really phenomenal, but I think I think that that's the way because I I thought way back in the day, I was like, this is Sharon D. Clark's win uh, for Carolina Change. You mm-hmm. know, she got it over in the West End. Uh, but now that the show has has closed, it feels like it might have been forgotten, like you just said. Like it, it's for both roundabout shows. Um, you know, the, those campaigns are a little tougher to come by because those actors are doing other things and uh, they can't, they're not currently in a show. You can't do like, oh, now we're backstage and there's there can't be a lot of uh, media about mm-hmm. it. So I think that we're probably on the same page there. Yep, I agree. I think Takina will win. I thought she probably should have won for uh, Slave Play as well. So it'll be nice to see her win this Sunday. All right, real quick, we've got some other um, news that I'm just going to blow through here real quick. The Tony Awards announced the initial guests and presenters for the 2022 ceremony that will be coming up on Sunday. There's a lot of them. There will be more of them. Some of the names that will be involved this weekend are Bernadette Peters, RuPaul, Bowen Yang, Danny Burstein, Lynn Carew, Jessica Chastain, Lily Cooper, Brian Cranston, Cynthia Erivo, Raul Esparza. Um, let's go through here some more. Andrew Garfield, uh, Renee Elise Goldsberry, 
Ruthie Ann Miles, Lin-Manuel Miranda, B.B. Newworth, Tony Shalhoub, Cheetah Rivera, uh, and many, many more. So lots of folks in there. We will have a link to um, where you can see everybody who was announced. Also, coming up this fall, something that I'm hoping means that there will be a 10 a.m matinee for me to put into my schedule when I come into town, but Rockefeller Productions, who is behind the Winnie the Pooh musical and Sesame Street Workshop, have announced the world premiere of the new stage production, Sesame Street, colon, the musical that'll be coming to New York City off-Broadway, beginning performances on September 8th. Opening night is set for September 22nd and is currently scheduled to run through November 22nd at Theater Row. And then finally, got some bad news for uh, Beanie Feldstein as the uh, Funny Girl revival leads up to the Tony Awards. She is going to have to miss performances because she is tested positive for COVID-19. She said that she is not feeling too bad yet. She is vaxxed and boosted, but she is not going to be able to be in the show for at least a certain amount of time. She didn't say how long that would be. I hope that that doesn't keep her out of anything Tony related that they would be doing for performances. Uh, That was certainly put a hamper on a lot of stuff for that show, but uh, wish her the best. Uh, And then finally, in this section, the Wallace Center out in uh, California announced the uh, out-of-town tryout slash world premiere for Invincible, the musical featuring the music of Pat Benatar and Neil Giraldo. The show will be playing from November 22nd through December 17th. The show resets the timeless story of Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet to the legendary catalog and inspired new songs by Benatar and Giraldo. Um, with a book by Bradley Bredeweg and music direction and arrangements by Jess Vargas. The show is looking to have a live after California, so we will see what happens there. All right, finally, two real quick feel-good recommendations um, you and Ashley talked a lot about for, for Colored Girls on yesterday's episode. And one thing that I wanted to throw out to everybody at the final performance that happened on Sunday, director and choreographer Camille A. Brown gave a curtain speech after the show ended. It was really touching. I recommend that you uh, watch that. And then something that has been all over the theater Twitter here lately um, on, I guess it was mm-hmm. probably Sunday night. Yes, yeah, yeah. Sunday night, a Twitter user posted a nice long thread uh, talking about the fact that he had learned that his grandfather was gay and that he had fallen in love as a freshman in college for a boy that, quote, had uh, the prettiest eyes. It turned out that that boy was none other than John Kander. And apparently these two had, I don't know if a relationship is the right word or a friendship or a connection for many years. And through this process, he actually, the the grandson whose grandfather has now passed away, got to meet John Kander and members of, of his family. It's a really cute story and involves a recording of a show that this man's grandfather was a part of. So I've got the whole Twitter thread in the show notes, and you should definitely check that out. All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Wednesday. And Grace, you and Ashley will be back to talk about the uh, the best production categories on tomorrow's episode. Uh, So everybody stay tuned for that. 